Italian movie right after Italy knocks out England in a heartbreaker. Hello, everyone. What an eventful week. A week so eventful that I just didn't upload the episode to the main feed. And uh, I, I, I think it's for good reason. One of them is my life has been uh, ki- ki- kind of chaotic, a little bit of a turmoil. Uh, I, I, I quit my job is a big thing. I do have another one lined up, but I I quit the damn thing. I, 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 got, a, I got a new job offer. So I was like, yeah, may as well just, you know, t- t- take a week so I can actually you know, figure out what I'm doing with my life. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an extra long episode for Phantom Thread. There'll be a whole lot to that one. And I'm sorry that I didn't upload the free feed for you guys. Might be. Also, England lost to Italy. And that's got me in a mood. But that's not what this podcast is about. This is a film podcast. And I can't just talk about soccer every single week, even though that's exactly what I would really really like to be doing right now. We did a primer last week. That primer was for the movie Eight and a Half. You know, we're going to be talking about existentialism. We're going to be talking about the death of the man. But more importantly, what I want to focus on is the guilt, the anxiety, the anxiety of guilt that is experienced massively through this main character, Guido. Guido, in my opinion, is very, very much Fellini writing himself into the story. I'm going to talk about that a lot as we walk through Eight and a Half as a film. But I, man, I, I feel like Fellini admitted to a lot of stuff. He, he, uh, and <laughs> I, I don't know if Fellini's exactly been a good person. So I, I don't know how much of this intro should keep going on. We did do a primer. I don't think I really need to set up too much. Uh, One of the things I'm going to be talking about is this movie does a specific type of surrealist thinking called magical realism. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about, you know, like the difference between magical realism and surrealism, which in my opinion is a distinction without a difference. But because magical realism has its roots in Latin America, it is worth uh, looking at. It is an art movement that didn't spawn from the typical, like, Anglosphere, or air quotes, Western sphere. It's it's an art movement that is wholly Latin in its origin, and that alone makes it very exciting because it's it's so- something different, right? It's it's something that isn't just like, ah, this, this is a Rococo painting. You could tell it's Rococo because everybody's so wealthy, so beautiful. So, without um, pushing this off any more than I have, I think that now is the time that we walk through uh, Fellini's masterpiece, in my opinion. One of the greatest films ever made. And that's Eight and a Half. 
elegante. Yo definitivamente. Hay ratones. The movie opens up in a traffic jam, a sight every Italian listener to this podcast knows exactly too well. And the way that this scene is filmed feels identical to, like, a panic attack. Like a sincere panic attack, not just like, oh, I heard that sometimes people get skittish. Like, you can tell Fellini himself, or the people who were writing the screenplay, have, have been through this shit before. Um, our main character, uh, Guido, is trapped in his car, and um, the camera starts to slowly pan around and freeze on people's faces. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting, because this is something that happens in my dreams a lot. Like, I'll linger on a face while the dream continues to go on, trying to be like, Who are you? Why are you here with me? I haven't seen you since I was in third grade. Aren't you dead? But the car itself begins to slowly fill up with what I'm assuming is car exhaust. And um, he pounds his way out, like, through the window to get out. The imagery all over the scene is incredibly hard to process. Uh, There's a bus full of people, all missing their heads. There's cars full of old men with beautiful young women. And... I don't really know what to make of this opening scene. Uh, In the first, and probably only truly uh, surreal moment of the entire movie, we're experiencing what, in my opinion, is a panic attack uh, suffered from unbearable guilt. Um, And it's time to go big brain mode, because as we run through the uh, book for the, you know, book club episodes that are coming up, there's nothing you can really be right or wrong about whenever it comes to surrealist reasoning. Freud, baby. You gotta love him. But the reason why I kind of linger so much on the guilt-anxiety portion of this is I know all too well what this feels like. You know, like feeling unbearable guilt for something that happened like, 15 years ago that really isn't that big of a deal. But that type of stuff will torment you. Uh, It's enough to keep you up at night, and that's exactly what's happening with Guido, our main character. Um, A lot of magical realism deals with a surrealist element that's being applied to the real world, and, I mean, this is just kind of doing that in reverse. It's a very fun play on what magical realism would later go on to be known as. Although this film is taking place like 45 years like after the magical realist movement, uh, movement existed, it's still fun to play with the tropes and stuff because this type of filmmaking largely didn't exist before the Italian neorealist movement took off. In this scene, the three things that stood out to me the most were what I mentioned before, the bus full of, he- the bus full of headless people, the old man with the young beautiful woman in the car, and the car he's in slowly filling up with exhaust. I mean, this one's just panic, right? Like, you're dying. You need to get out where you can breathe. Isn't the, this really isn't like the most complicated thing to understand. If you've ever had a panic attack, you know this feeling all too well. Uh, as for the old man with the beautiful woman in the car, this, uh, this one also seems pretty easy to understand. Like, in my opinion, this whole scene is just guilt piling up on top of itself. So, 
an old man with a young beautiful girl and the old man makes movies I don't I don't think we need to go into this one too much but the most stark image in this entire scene to me is the bus full of headless people what could this mean to me it's him forgetting people in his life the coming and going of people you know and not being able to remember a single one could be guilt-inducing. You know? Uh, ooh, who are all these people who got me to where I am? Well, it's the, uh... Ah, oh, shit, come on, I remember his name. Tall guy. Had a... Was he bald? Uh, is it the faces of family who he's grown to forget? Being away from his family so much doing his filmmaking? Uh, is, this, uh, is this traffic jam just a, like, symbol of his memory? You know, the clogged synapses of his brain being unable to fire off and remember who he is or what he's done. Is he unable to think because he's in the middle of a panic attack? It, it all lines up to me, at least. This probably is a good time to mention that I'm going to be using the terms magical realism and surrealism pretty much interchangeably. Uh, like I said earlier, it's a distinction with hardly a difference. To subscribe to the Mr. Movies podcast. Go to patreon.com slash mrmovies. You get project updates. You get to vote on what movies appear on the show. And you get one extra episode per week. Oh, to be alive at this time.